Welcome to the Sons of Technology Clubhouse. Ditch your fear at the door, take a risk, and enjoy the ride with your hosts, Joe Marquez and Kyle Anderson. Welcome, everybody, to another fantastic episode of the podcast by the Sons of Technology. And you know what? It is the end of 2020. Now, you're, you're listening to this now. We probably have another week or two weeks left of 2020, but this is the last episode of the podcast by the Sons of Tech uh, for 2020. And we'll tell you, 2020 has been a year. 2020 has been like a trampoline. At the beginning, it was fun and you were bouncing, having a good time. And then somebody knocked you off and you hurt yourself and, and it, you limped your way off to the end. And, and we just want to make sure that we embody the fun and innovation that has happened and growth that has happened and, and life-changing decisions that have happened in 2020. 2020 was not the normal year. 2020 is what they always say is the year that time travelers will skip over when time travel becomes possible. 2020 should be behind us, but there's memories that happened. There are things that have changed. There are, there's growth that has happened. And we want to celebrate all of those things. We want to celebrate you, the teacher who has just reached outside their comfort zone to grab innovation and engagement to just pour over your, your students. We want to talk about those teachers who have reinvented themselves, both physically and mentally. We want to talk about how we've connected back with family and how teaching hasn't changed but the way we reach our students has changed. Because whether you're in a classroom or a class Zoom, a teacher is a teacher, no matter how big or how small. So without further ado, let's begin this remembrance of 2020 so we can get it behind us and keep on moving forward. So let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. I am Joe Marquez. I am the Director of Academic Innovation for Q. And um, I'm an educator at heart and I just love each and every one of you. And as always, my partner in innovation, my partner in thought, and the, 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 the one person who's been with the Sons of Tech since episode one, all the way through this episode 52, Kyle Anderson. Please introduce yourself. Hey, Joe, and everybody listening out there, Kyle Anderson once again. You can find me on Twitter at Anderson EdTech, my blog, AndersonEdTech.net. I'm also on Instagram, AndersonEdTech. I am a special education teacher in Las Vegas, and I'm also the author of To the Edge, Successes and Failures Through Risk-Taking. And with 2020 coming to a close here, Joe, we decided that today we had to get a little festive with our attire. So this is a podcast format, so you can't see it. You can always go back and check out the YouTube stream of it. But uh, Joe, you were wearing a very festive, cheap suit coat. So I, I had to throw the word cheap in there because we did discuss this, that it's pretty much wrapping paper uh, at this point for the material. So tell us a little bit more about your cheap suit. Yeah, basically, if, if I was wearing, if I wasn't wearing a t-shirt under, it would be itching like crazy. Um, it is a polyester blend of polyester and probably more polyester. And uh, one downgrade would be dollar store wrapping paper is what it's made out of. And But it is very colorful and festive and it does barely button. But you know what? I wanted to make sure that each and every one of you saw how festive the holiday season was for me because we're celebrating 2020 and why not do it in a very festive manner? And what yes. about you, Kyle? What are you, what are you wearing 
What are you well, wearing right now? I last week was browsing through my local mall very quickly because A, it was busy and B, we are still in a pandemic. So I did not want to be there very long, but I was walking by a GameStop that was going out of business. So I dipped in there real quick to see if they had any Nintendo Switch games on special, which they did. They don't put the good stuff on sale when they're going out of business. But I did find this amazing, quote unquote, ugly Christmas sweater that has everybody's favorite, Baby Yoda, or now we know his name. Spoiler alert, if you have not caught up on The Mandalorian, you may want to pause, fast forward right now so you don't hear this, but Baby Yoda's name, Grogu. It is a sweater of Grogu in his little white pod, and then there's little Baby Yoda's stitched across the front of it as well. And it reminded you a little bit of a very, uh, I don't want to say good horror film from 1980s called Ghoulies, where the monster is coming up out of a toilet. So um, I know that might be sacrilege to some of the Mandalorian fans out there for that thought, but uh, it is all in good fun. Well, you know, just, just look up the Grogu ugly sweater. And then also look up Ghoulies uh, and, and just put them side by side. Because I'll tell you, you know, Ghoulies is a very B movie from the 80s. And they tried to riff off of the Gremlins, uh, but make it more scary. Um, and th- that scene always scared me when I was a kid because it's something come out of the toilet, right? The tagline is they'll get you in the end. Like, I don't want that to happen. I, th- I think when I saw that movie, I didn't want to use the toilet for like like two weeks. So when I saw your ugly sweater, I was like, instantly go, that's Grogu, but that's also Ghoulies. I thought that was pretty hilarious. Indeed. So, and I totally took it as a joke. I thought that was pretty funny as well. So (laughs) now, Joe, on a serious note, though, we know what 2020 has been. It's been ugly and not as in fun, ugly Christmas sweater by any means. It's been tough. There's been a lot of tears shed, but we're not going to focus on any of that today. Okay. We want to focus on the good that came out of this year. So uh, you and I, on a personal level, some of the great things that that happened with us over this past year, and then some of the other developments we've seen across education with educational tools and different things. We really just want to focus on that good because we already know the bad, and we just really want to reflect on the good and look to 2021 that's coming up on here in a couple of weeks with with hope for next year because, as I've been saying, 2020. We, we don't want to repeat. It can't get worse than what this year has been, hopefully. Uh, maybe it can. Uh, maybe I'm being uh, too optimistic here. But let's really just, we're going to focus today on that positive. Yeah, you know, uh, this time last year, we were talking about edulutions. Like, wh- what is your edulution? What, what do you want to do as an educator? What is your New Year edulution for becoming a better educator and like we all crossed our fingers and we'll please say you're going to be using more technology to enhance instruction create engagement create motivation create creativity please say you're going to do that kyle i think our pleas our, our hand our fingers were crossed that happened not the way that we In expected a weird, but it happened way it definitely did happen yes yeah so we we do want to apologize to everybody out there if our if our new year's edulution caused you to uh uh, create a light speed approach to utilizing technology. But I will say right now, I think the greatest thing about 2020 is that the phrase, this is the way we have always done it, or I like to call it titwadi. This is the way we've always done it has to go out the window. No teacher ever again 
can tell another teacher saying, oh, we can't do it that way because this is the way we've always done it. No. Do you remember 2020? We had to adjust and adapt and change. We didn't always do it that way. We did it differently. And so now we can wipe that off the face of the earth when a teacher says, this is the way we've always done it. The answer is that is not the way we've always done it. And 2020 has given us that opportunity to show a different way, a different approach, and just a different um, mindset that educators can set for themselves. And Kyle, you know, you, I mean, you, you've seen teachers in, in uh, your previous district and teachers in this new district, you've seen teachers have to shift, some very uncomfortably doing it, and others who didn't think they could do it are just becoming masterminds and, and amazing innovators through this. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, because seriously, one of the worst things I ever heard somebody tell me was, don't reinvent the wheel. This is the way we've always done it. Here's my binder. Use my stuff. Don't do anything different, right? What do you think about being able to blast that apart? Because it, it doesn't apply anymore. Now, before we go any further, I do just want to take a quick moment and say that we're, because even though we're trying to be positive and see the good that came out of this year, that is not to discount the horrible that's happened as well. So there are over 300,000 people that have lost their lives to COVID-19 and millions of others that have contracted it with unknown long-term side effects at this point. We don't want to discount any of that. But so we do want to continue to be vigilant against everything, washing hands, wearing masks, staying away from people, all of the above. So please do not take our positivity as a way to, to discount any of that. So now in regards to the different teachers out there that had those doubts or said, this is the way we're always doing things. Why do we need to change? Or even those that even in the midst of change have just tried to cling to all of the old as well. It has been tough for a lot of people, but I really see a lot of people that have made a lot of positive changes. So uh, my one co-teacher that I work with, she is absolutely amazing. She is an algebra whiz. And for somebody that never taught math or hadn't even taken math in 20 years for me to walk in and be her co-teacher. It has been an absolute pleasure working with Wendy Bonar. So if you are listening to this, Wendy, you are awesome. And I look forward to working with you for a very long time. She had always done things a certain way in her classroom before, and she wasn't very tech savvy. And she said that she appreciated me coming on knowing that I would be able to maybe help her to apply some different technological uh, things into the math classroom. And we were done with our classes today. Finals are done. And we are still on Google Meet after we're talking about, hey, what are we going to do on January 4th? What kinds of things are we going to be able to do? We were talking about how we're going to incorporate breakout rooms in Google Meet on the very first day we get back and, and just get things going on the right foot right off the bat doing that. And for every Mrs. Bonar that is out there doing that, there's a hundred thousand more that are doing the same thing. So there's so many people that have made that change. And while I don't think we're a hundred percent there with getting rid of the old and, and the, we've always done this attitude, we have come so far in 2020 to break away from that. So we still got work to do, but we are light years ahead of where we were on January 1st of 2020. Yeah. And, and I, I appreciate you saying that Kyle, because, 
it, it is those teachers who stuck with it and kept moving forward and kept trying. Though Those are the real celebrations. Those are the real stories that should come out. And, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. And Kyle, maybe we can work on this together. But there has to be a book called Successes During COVID. You know, call, you know, just, you know just, just people that pushed forward, pushed the envelope, changed their teaching style on a dime to benefit their students. Right. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this on a podcast because people are going to take that idea and run with it. But Kyle, it'd be a pleasure to do something like that with you. Right. Grabbing stories of people who have just done amazing things through this time. Right. Because stories of triumph over basically tragedy, triumph over tragedy, especially in the education realm, is incredibly powerful to me. And, 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 and you mentioned the teacher that you work with. I, I want to tell you about an individual teacher, two of them actually, that I'm so freaking proud of. Like one of the hardest things I ever did was to leave my school. That I mean, that, my heart still aches that I'm not part of that school anymore. And I'll say it, Alta Sierra Intermediate School. I love them all to death. And, and you know, things happened where I had to, I just had to leave because of personal personal issues. But I'll tell you two people from that school that when I first started talking about technology, when people thought, saw this crazy guy named Joe talking about Nearpod and Pear Deck and quizzes and Kahoot, this crazy guy trying to showcase new ways of doing things. At first, these two teachers didn't see the power in it or didn't want to use it or didn't want to change. But guess what happened in August? of 2020. In August of 2020, they actually presented how to utilize technology in the classroom. So I want to just give a, a, a extremely proud uh, acknowledgement to Gina Burdine and Lori Salazar, two amazing educators, but also two amazing educators that have grown so much and have helped their students so much. And it hasn't all been rainbows and butterflies and unicorns for them. They'll, they'll be the first ones to tell you that. But they have pushed through and they have done amazing things. And I am so proud of them for stepping up and stepping out and becoming leaders on that campus. It's just, it's just, it's just, it makes me weepy just knowing at how awesome they've, they, they, they've always been, but how, how, they've, how far they've come. And again, for the two that you mentioned, for those two, how many hundreds of thousands more have done the exact same thing over this year, basically because our hands were tied and we had to. So that that's a very promising thing looking ahead to 2021 on when things can get back to a face-to-face -face situation, hopefully here very soon, now that a vaccine has been approved and and people are starting to receive that vaccine that maybe that can start happening here before long. But even if we don't return back to face to face until the fall of 2021, I have a lot of hope for that because of the resilience of educators and the learning and growing that educators have made over the course of the past nine months or so of 2020 and then continuing into 2021 as we are still in the middle of this. No, no, ab absolutely. And, and, and I just I just love the fact that more people have been exposed to education technology, more people have been exposed um, to how, how uh, visual learning can really help uh, make, make your lesson planning flexible, right? I mean, 
being able to gather data instantly to determine where should I go from here is very important. I mean, think about it, Kyle. When we were in school, when we were in school, the only way that you could gather information from students is if you went in and you got like a Scantron and they filled in bubbles and then they would turn the Scantron in, they would leave, you would run the Scantron, you would have to go through each individual student. There's no way you can see if which question, I, there was so much lag between feedback and understanding and knowledge that you, you would not be able um, to really figure out how to make your learning flexible. But now you, with, with Pear Deck or Nearpod or Quizzes or Kahoot, you can instantly see who is getting it, who is not. And then with breakout rooms, pull them into a breakout room to get some one-on-one -on -one instruction. There's been so much change with education technology that will help us become better teachers in real time that teachers finally being exposed to that whether by force or, or by circumstance, I think there's a real big win for all of us in the ed tech space. Well, and just thinking about how there's so many of those tools now that are pretty much household names as a result of this. So I remember using Zoom a few years ago, uh, part of Q Nevada, we actually used the platform for our monthly meetings and it was something that I remember using then. And then all of a sudden when this whole thing came out back in March, this was something that was brand new to everybody. And then the words because of Zoom, Zoom bombing was a new word. And then um, the one that, now this one uh, kind of gets under my skin a little bit and I know it gets under Adam Juarez's skin a little bit. So shout out to you, Adam, is um, when people refer to uh, getting on a Zoom call or a class in Zoom by calling it Zooming in. And uh, then there's also Google Meet was another one. People didn't really know about that one. And just the learning that had to take place because of all these unknown tools to so many people and how really we're, I mean, we're still learning because there's just the, the updates that are coming on almost daily basis with not just Zoom and Google Meet, but really all sorts of different programs out there. It's just the growth that has happened. We talked about growth with educators, but the growth with some of these tools that many of which you and I and a lot of our listeners were familiar with for a very long time, some of which we learned about for the first time just in the last few weeks, just the amount of growth that those companies and those tools made during this time to adjust to everything that was going on to me is just astronomical in nature. Now, now, Kyle, I do have to ask you, you know, all, these video conferencing tools, they were originally built for businesses, right? And, and, and then they were forced to pivot into adding more things for education because of the need. But do you think these are game changers or just lifesavers? Now, the difference would be a lifesaver is something you use now to save your skin, but you don't need when you finally are saved. Or is it a game changer where there's gonna they're gonna be continued to be used at the level that they are currently? What what is your thought on that? I feel like a lot of parents now are going to choose to keep their children at home, but not necessarily to homeschool them, but to continue to have students do coursework from home from a public school, charter school, private school, whatever it may be. I feel like that's going to continue, not at the level of a full 100% everybody's at home, 
But as we transition from distance learning into say a hybrid or a face-to-face, -face, there's going to be a lot of parents that choose to keep their, their kids at home. And even after things, air quotes here, go back to normal, I still feel a lot of parents are going to keep people at home. And it's going to be imperative that we still have access to these tools in order to address the needs of those students. As a special education teacher, I struggle sometimes to make contact with parents, to arrange for meetings with parents because of language barriers, uh, time schedules, those kinds of things. It is very hard for a parent sometimes to take time off of work for a couple, three hours maybe, to come into school to attend their student's IEP meeting. So getting that to happen sometimes is very hard. And if a parent doesn't show up to that meeting, that doesn't mean that parent doesn't care about their kid. It could mean, am I going to make enough money this week to put food on my table and feed my children? So using a tool like Zoom or Google Meet right now has been a lifesaver to hold those meetings for me. But to me, it's also a game changer because now I have that as an option that's in my tool belt as a way to continue to keep communication up with my students' parents and to be able to hold those meetings without that parent having to leave work to do so. Because it's a heck of a lot easier for that parent to ask their supervisor, can I take a half hour break to do my son's or daughter's meeting over a Zoom call or a Google Meet instead of having to take the time off, leave work, go to the school, fighting traffic, fighting uh, parking in the school parking lot, so on and so forth, conducting that meeting, and then them having to go back to work. So it's just, to me, that's the game changing part. You know, and I, I have to agree with you. I think it is, I think this time has made it a game changer for all the reasons you said, but also for this, you know, like, you know, I work, I work for Q, right? And, and Q, we do a lot of PD. You will be, you would have been hard pressed to see any school even consider paying for PD that was virtual. You'd be extremely hard pressed. Maybe, maybe I mean, you might have a virtual meeting like about the people wanting to do the PD, but if you're gonna do the PD, you're gonna be on our campus face-to-face -face with our teachers. And I think during this time, it's shown that virtual PD is very effective, right? And not only that, but you get the recording afterwards, not only that, but you get the resources and you can contact that person quickly again. Virtual is, is a game changer when it comes to professional development for teachers. And I think the uh, statement you said about being able to connect with parents where, where they are, I think that's another very powerful tool. So I surely hope and implore schools to keep your virtual accounts, you know, in, in any, at least in some fashion that you can. Um, because I'll also, I'll also say this, a lot of school districts have a virtual district, right? They have like, like the online school, like this school has an online school. I don't think there should be a separate school called online school. I think students should still be able to say, I go to this elementary school. I still go to this junior high and the teacher is teaching simultaneously. And yes, that, that, that does take a very specific set of skills, but I think if you have a hybrid mentality while you're teaching and in face-to-face -face mentality, you can really expand upon what you're doing. And I'll tell you this, when, when I was teaching uh, uh, eighth grade science, I never had a day 
when I had a full attendance, like, like my, my, everybody was there. There was always somebody gone. There was always somebody who had sports or choir or dentist or doctor or home hospital, or, Hey, I forgot to tell you this, Mr. Marquez, but my family's going on a 10 day trip to Hawaii. Can you give me all of my work for the next two weeks at a moment's notice? And that was extra work for me. That was extra work for the students. And I would always tell the student, so if I give you two weeks worth of work, are you going to do it during your holiday trip in Hawaii? Or are you going to do it, you know, haphazardly the night before you come back to school? And they go, you know the answer. Of course I know the answer. And so I started teaching like a hybrid teacher. I would post everything in Google Classroom. I would record and li live stream and record every single one of my sessions, post the best one into all the Google Classrooms. I would try to meet the needs of every student so that if a student came in and said, I was absent yesterday, what did I miss? Watch the video, right? I mean, it's like, it's all there. You, you, de you decide your own level of involvement, you know? So when I started doing that, oh, it streamlined my life so much better. Teaching the students, not just in my classroom, but the students who I'm missing, who are missing, that really helped me understand what a hybrid teacher really is. And so I, I guess really when, when all of this started going down in March, I was like, oh, I know how to do all this. I know, I know the routines. I know how to do this. So I got really excited, but it is, it takes time to hone in on those skills. But I think there should not be a dedicated online school for any district. I think students should be woven in to traditional classrooms, even if you're, do, you're, you're being taught in a virtual platform, because I think that's the best way for students to connect and communicate with each other through those virtual breakout rooms and so on and so forth. In the past, I have seen students that are working on those online courses, usually through some sort of third-party organization where people are contracted to be the teachers for the courses, to assign the curriculum to to grade the work that is completed, et cetera, et cetera. And I always thought that while not disparaging online coursework at its core, I always thought that that was the most impersonal thing ever, where the students never had a chance to really ever interact with that teacher. Sure, they provided contact information, like emails and even phone numbers. But I mean, even eight months ago, nine months ago, I mean, a lot of them, I, I don't ever recall seeing a video chat link or anything like that, or many times options to contact that teacher via video chat in, in any way. So going back to my thoughts on how a lot of students are still going to continue to try to do a from home model of education, I feel that schools would benefit from saving the money on the, those programs because those programs cost a lot of money to educate a student. So I, I don't know exact numbers, so I'm not going to be able to throw anything out there. But for every one class that one student is taking, it could be hundreds of dollars for that one course, where rather than doing that, you have a team of teachers that work for your school that are the dedicated online teachers. And all the students that are working online, they have those teachers. So now you have somebody that is actually connected to the school, part of the community, and not somebody in West Virginia or Florida or wherever that contracted teacher is working from. So there's also the options that if a student working from home online, you know what, I really could use some extra help. 
whenever I'm taking a test, especially a student with special needs and an accommodation is they get extra help on a test, like having questions read to them or something. That student then has the option where they could come to the school and meet with that online teacher and get that extra help or have that test read to them, whatever it may be. That option is there. And I just feel that schools will benefit educating those students that choose to go online by, have, by, by keeping it local. I just feel that that would go so much further than just the, I don't want to say faceless because there is a face behind the computer with that third party system, but the, it, it, there's that, there isn't a personal touch to that when you're operating under a system like that. I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think every single school should have a model like that. And, you know, speaking, speaking as an educator out of California, you know, we've talked about this before class sizes, are enormous right now, right? And 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 you can actually save money because if class sizes get too big, your community explodes too much, you have to build new buildings and that costs more money. You got to find more land. You got to do all these other things to make, make it equitable for people to be able to attend your school. But we talked about almost two years ago that if you did a hybrid model and you had half your students in class show up on like a, on a, on a Tuesday and Thursday and the other half show up on a Wednesday and Friday. And then everybody got to learn from home on that Monday. You really save a lot of space in your class and the, the money you would spend on more teachers or more, more buildings really drops. Right. So I'm not saying that's perfect for everybody, but I think what you're saying, at least having some dedicated hybrid teachers or dedicated online teachers on your campus where the students can still decide to come in if they want for a couple little bit extra help. I think that's a really great model because when, when, when you do outsource to a third party, it doesn't feel like you're part of a district. Right. And if, if, if they if they belong to your school, they can they can they can participate in sports. They can participate in after after school activities, right? Because being at learning from home doesn't mean they don't they're not social. It means that this particular model of education works for them. They still want to be a part of your football team. They still want to be part of your badminton team. Let them be a part, right? So I, I think you've you've nailed it right on the head. Let let's let's we need we need more schools to look into having dedicated hybrid or online teachers so that we meet the needs of all students because we're finding out there's a lot of students who are doing really well at home, really well at home, right? So let's let's not stop that. Let's continue. Let's keep looking into it. Let's figure it out. I'm so glad you said the thing about activities and sports because that was something as soon as I got done saying my piece a couple of moments ago, I'm like, why didn't I say something about that? And then you brought it up because you're right. There are students that... They choose to do the online high school, whatever it may be, but online high school doesn't have a football team. They don't have a basketball team or soccer team, or they don't have the various clubs and activities that are out there for students. So again, connecting those students to the school community by having them be part of that school and then opening the doors to where they can still do that. Once again, that just, that, that actually adds to the buy-in, I believe that students would have into their education even further. So I just feel like if a student is, again, going through that third party vendor, whatever it may be for their education, they just, they don't have that buy-in as much and maybe aren't meeting deadlines as well as they could and just not putting in the effort or 
care as much about it as if they were actually part of a school community. No, I, I, I agree. And, and I think this is a great conversation because businesses are having this conversation as well. We're, we're finding out a lot of businesses that always felt they needed to have the cubicle kind of design, have people come in every day. Um, they're finding out that a virtual worker is just as well. And so you have a lot of people from Silicon Valley, businesses are saying, you know what? We're, we're actually going to allow you to work virtually. And, but if you do move away, you're going to get paid based upon, uh, you know, uh, cost of living for the place you've moved to. We're going to adjust your scale based upon that. But yeah, you can work from home now from now on. Like Google even said that they're, they're, they're allowing people to work from home um, all the way through 2021. They didn't say it's going to be a permanent change, but they're allowing that. And if a giant multi-billion dollar company like Google can have people work from home, I'm sure other people can as well. So I think it's opened up the eyes that you don't have to go to a physical place to get things done. Um, speaking of which, this has really opened up what a lot of other countries have seen, which is personal time. Personal time is very key. I, for one, have been extremely blessed in that this time has allowed me not to have to travel. You know, if you've listened to any of these podcasts, you know, in, in the 2018s, early 2019s, or sorry, 2019s, early 20s, I was traveling a lot. And I have a little, I have two little girls, a four-year-old and a one-year-old, and they were growing up beyond my eyes. I'd come home and they'd just be bigger. And I, I just felt bad. And I get to see their blessed faces every single morning. So I, I know I know teachers, you, you're not traveling all the time. You're going to your school. But I got to spend, I still get to spend all day with them while I'm teaching, while I'm working, while I'm training. They're next to me. They're next to me while I'm doing my job. And I'm blessed for that. I don't have to worry about the god-awful traffic to get to school, right? I mean, parents, you, you think it's difficult to get your kid to school on time because of traffic? A teacher has to get there like an hour earlier, half hour earlier, so that they don't get caught up in traffic, right? I, I've been blessed not to have to do that. I, I, I do get up earlier than I've ever done before, but I have been running and getting in shape these last eight months because I don't have a place I have to be at physically. I know as long as I'm at my computer at 9 a.m., I'm good to go. So that means I can do all that stuff. And guess what happens in between meetings, in between things? I'm not just sitting around some sterile building, right? I, I can be with my girls. I can give my wife a hug. I can do some sit-ups or squats or push-ups. I can do me during this time. That's changed the game for businesses and employees and teachers also. And I know you're doing some amazing, amazing things with yourself, Kyle, but I just wanted to say the change in pace has really helped me focus and find myself again and, and really appreciate life again. And, 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 and uh, you know, a lot of people can't say that COVID has saved their life, but I, I can say COVID has saved my life by refocusing my energy towards not only my job, but myself and my family.
And I think that has helped me grow and become a better person. And I know you're, you're growing and, and you're doing things that are, are, are helpful. Um, do you find the same thing that, that being able to be a little bit more flexible with your time and, and, and um, you know, where you have to be has helped you find some things out? Yeah, like you, I, I work from home and I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old that I get to be with every day as a result of that. And they're a little bit older and attitudes are a little bit stronger than a four-year-old and a one-year-old. So there are some tough days as a result of that, especially from my nine-year-old who, uh, I got to say, I am dreading the teenage years. I'm just going to put that out there now. So, but uh, no, it's it's nice that every day I can have lunch with them and I can make breakfast for them and just be with them and do different things. And on breaks, I can, we can watch a show together or turn on the Nintendo switch a little bit or go outside, do all sorts of things. So, and I, I have refocused a lot of things myself. So it took me a little longer than you to get on the fitness wagon a little bit. So part of that was just the, the stress of moving at the beginning of all of this. And then when you go from, days where it's up in the eighties and then overnight fifties and sixties, then you return back to days of 110 with lows of 97 overnight. Getting outside is not something you necessarily want to do much, but once the weather cooled off, I started getting outside a lot more, getting out and doing some hikes and walking around. And as of this recording, I am 30 days in a row where I have walked at least three miles per day. Uh, whether that's been in the morning, it's the afternoon, or even there was a day where I was super lazy, didn't do anything all day. And then finally at like 7.30 at night, I realized I have not done my walk today and I need to get out and do that. And then I think I was actually one of my longest ones. I think I went almost six miles that day. I didn't get home to almost 9.30 cause I was just looping out under the streetlights and getting that walk in. And it's, uh, I haven't necessarily seen much of a change in the weight or the clothes or anything yet, but uh, I'm okay with that because I'm starting to feel a lot better just getting out there and doing something uh, every day. And then uh, my son got him into ice skating lessons and he's really picking it up really well. And I've been able to get out on the ice with him a few times and skate. And I'm really looking forward to him graduating from, all of the different levels that they require in the ice skating academy so he can get into learn to hockey and uh, really looking forward to getting a stick in his hands and and seeing that that's going to be a lot of fun my daughter's been doing her dance classes and competition team and what now we did have a scare where and she didn't do any dance for a few weeks uh after she did test positive for covid along with a few others at the dance studio but uh some other refocusing i've done um, I apologize to all those out there in the Twitterverse. I haven't really done a Twitter chat probably in six months, so maybe one or two. So, uh, cause I just felt that I would rather spend time with my family or do something else rather than sitting at a computer and just, you know, I don't want to say mindlessly interacting on Twitter because that's definitely not the case, but I felt I was getting more out of being with my family than interacting on Twitter or something like that. And then my blog has suffered a little bit as a result of that as well. Uh, it doesn't mean I don't like to write anymore. It doesn't mean I don't have good ideas, but I just feel that I don't need to write as much as I was doing before and pumping out blog posts once a week and, you know, firing out 50 tweets a day or anything like that. So, I mean, there's times where I don't tweet anything for a couple of days and then all of a sudden I'll fire out a whole bunch of them or 
um, Instagram. I had a day where I put like five different posts, but then I won't post anything for like two weeks. So it just, it just really depends. So just refocusing a lot of those energies and trying to just be a better person, better husband, better father, better educator across the board and learning from everything that's happened in this crazy year of 2020. No, and I, and I, I, I'm just so proud of you. I mean, it's, it's hard. It, it's hard getting started. Um, it's hard keeping up with, with what you're doing. And it's so easy for our minds to relax themselves and, and convince us, Hey, you know what? You did a great job last week. Take a week off. Our brain loves to tell us to do that kind of stuff, right? Or, Hey, you know what? You've done so good today. You deserve this or that. And um, you know what? We do deserve a lot, uh, but we also deserve to be healthy and happy. And, and I think you're doing it right uh, because it's not about how much weight's coming off right now. It's not about how, how many shirts fit right now. It's about how you're feeling and, and how your emotions are, 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 are helping you out. And, and I think like right now, like, you know, myself doing a lot to better myself physically and, and, and with my family, I love it, but I'm also missing my friends. I know a lot of people out there are missing their friends. There's, there's nothing that can replace physical connection. Absolutely nothing. I mean, would I have loved fall Q to be face-to-face? hundred percent. Would I have loved spring Q 2021 to be face-to-face? 100%. Um, but we have to be safe. We ha- and we have to, we have to go by health guidelines and we have to go by, you know, what, you know, the, the safety of our elders and, and, and others around us. We just have to be like that. So I'm doing my best, but oh, good Lord, do I want to have a giant bonfire with you, Kyle, and all of our friends and, and crack open a beer and just celebrate life? I would love nothing more. Um, but, but I know those days will come and I know those days will be plentiful and that's what I'm hopeful for. And that's what I'm looking forward to in 2021 is the days of camaraderie and and connection once again. But until then, I'm going to do everything I can to, to, to better myself and keep on running, running away from 2020 and into 2021. Um, and, and, and just, just be a better person. I'm trying to be a better person for my family, my friends, and for educators out there. So um, I know that's what you're doing as well uh, because we, we would be meeting up at Tech Rodeo, right? In Tulare Tech Rodeo, which is happening in, 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 uh, in January. We'd be meeting up there and having a good time together. But uh, we're going to postpone that until the time is right. Um, but uh, just making sure everybody knows that everything will be good. What can you do now? Right. Right. What can you do now to better right. yourself and then look forward to in the future? But and you know what? A lot of pe- a lot of things are happening good right now. That's in our tech tools that we're using. Right. So we'll, let's let's close out this episode with some of the cool updates to some of these tech tools because they see the need and they see the power and they see what what can happen. Pear Deck came out with something pretty cool. Oh. Now, can you can you can you tell people what Pear Deck came out oh, with this was just a- recently? This was a long time coming. This was something I wanted three years ago, and it's it's finally here. And it's the uh, co-presenter dashboard mode, where before whichever teacher presented the Pear Deck was the only one that had access to the teacher dashboard to see the answers coming in. And when you're in a face-to-face environment, that may not necessarily be a very big deal because you can always 
be together and on different devices, look over shoulders or open it up on a, on a second or even third device if you need to, whatever that may be. In this distance model, it's a lot harder to do that without saying, oh, hey, here's my password or something like that. And basically sharing your password with another teacher or something like that. But now with the co-presenter mode, you can assign that dashboard to another teacher so they can see the same thing that whoever turned that on. I actually have not had a chance to use it yet because it is so new. We were in the middle of exams for the last couple of weeks with my school. So we hadn't been able to really open up a Pear Deck and toy around with it yet. But come January 4th on that first day back, whether we're using a Pear Deck that day or not, I'm going to advocate for that with my co-teacher because I want to check that out and see exactly how it works. And, and it's, it's, it's extremely beneficial to you because you are a co-teacher, right? And you need to see those data, that data coming in. You can message the, your other co-teacher, but like, hey, I'm seeing this, right? While they're actually, so it's incredibly important. And I've, I've also been wondering why are more teachers not co-teaching during this time, right? Because like, in, think about secondary. You have teachers that are, are you know, four periods of science happening at the same exact time, but they're all teaching their own separate lessons. Why can't you all get together? And Sally, you're going to do this lesson to all of our students. We're going to be here in the background with you and we're going to help you. And then Johnny, you're going to be doing the second lesson. Why is that? Why, why is more of that not happening, especially in this distance environment? Um, uh, and if it is happening, this Pear Deck update will really amplify that because that's extremely powerful. So um, I love that Pear Deck update when um, when my, my buddy David Platt uh, uh, told me that that had come out uh, this past week. I was really interested in it because I love the co-teaching model and that is extremely powerful. So nudge, nudge, Nearpod. <laughs> you know, the ball's in your court. Near, Nearpod just scored an ace. Let's see what, what can happen over on, on, on your side. But Nearpod's done a couple of really cool things as well. They, and this, these aren't like recent, recent, but uh, the time to climb a uh, little gamified uh, uh, assessment that's in there. I that love one's it. a lot of fun. Lot I of like fun. that. I like that quite a bit. Um, and then I also love the way that they've integrated Flipgrid um, where you, you put in the teacher dashboard and the student response and the student's, do the response, but you can see the dashboard coming in in real time right out of your Nearpod. So you don't have to have like two tabs open and flip back and forth. It's all in one integrated system. I think that is a really neat addition that they were able to connect right there with with uh, with that on Nearpod. Um, you know, another cool thing, and uh, our, 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 uh, our buddy Tyler Keefe uh, mentioned this the other day to me, uh, Microsoft Teams has finally come out with breakout rooms, right? Uh, and you were talking earlier about uh, breakout rooms in Google Meet. I have not been able to test that out yet. Uh, so uh, cough, cough, Google, uh, give me that uh, capability. I want to test it out. Um, but yes, you can do that, which is awesome. So, but Microsoft now has the capability of breakout rooms, um, which is, is probably one of the biggest powers of Zoom, the ease of use. So I think that's pretty powerful that that's finally come out. Uh, I know you love breakout rooms. So what do you think about that? Yeah, that's something that whether you're a Google district or a Microsoft district, having the ability to do the breakout rooms is definitely 
key to being able to engage kids. And uh, after final exams were wrapped up earlier today, we, my co-teacher and I, we, we were on the line for 10, 15 minutes more talking about how can we use the breakout rooms feature more next semester once we get back in January. And we have some really good ideas, I think, and it's going to be a lot of fun for our kids once we get going again. So another great program that, and again, this one's not very like super recent, but like last couple of months was the ability in quizzes to do lessons now where it's almost like quizzes and then Paradeck and or Nearpod came together to create like slides within quizzes where you could present information and then have activities, questions, much like you would in a regular quizzes game to where you're basically rolling a quizzes game and a presentation all into one. And my co-teacher and I used it a handful of times in our class rather than doing a Paradeck or just a straight quizzes game. And we found it to be pretty effective, especially uh, with math students where they could really see the concepts on the screen and then have the activity along with it. You know, I, I like it. And, and you know what, it, it is a little bit buggy and, and, and a little bit lackluster at the moment. I mean, it's, it's kind of like when you go into the, the store and you see Cheerios and then you see like the store-bought version of O's of cheer. It's like, oh, which one should I get? Right. Um, but, but I love the quizzes guys and they, they're doing really great things. And so there's only more to come. So it's effective but not as integrated as Pear Deck or Nearpod, but it's effective and they're only going to make it more effective and, and, and more, more integratable. So uh, I do love that, that feature. Um, and, and, and I will say as well that uh, of all of the gamified quiz platforms, I love quizzes the most. I love it the most. Uh, it has uh, the most versatile, uh, it's mostly versatile. Uh, to me. And I love the fact that you can create a quiz and search other quizzes and just bring in individual questions from other multiple quiz. No, I don't, I don't think anything else has that. I love, I love, love, love that. Speaking of which, again, we're talking about not only updates now, but in 2020, Google Forms has that option. You can bring in any question from any form that you've ever created, um, which has saved my butt multiple times, right? Because when you're trying to create a quiz, when you have a list of students, you don't want to type those students in every single time. You don't necessarily want to make a copy of that quiz. So now it's like uh, parent name, parent phone number, students, boom, boom, bring the students in. It, it's, it's just a lifesaver. Um, so if you haven't tried out the, uh, the Google Forms uh, ability to add a question from another quiz, try it out. It works really, really well. Yeah, that one's really nice. And then another one of our favorite programs, couple updates, uh, one that's live now, one that's coming out after this podcast is going to post is Flipgrid. You have the mic only mode now where you don't have to record a video. You can record audio only in Flipgrid, which is really great because there's a lot of kids out there. You, you see all the success stories on social media about my kids love Flipgrid. And there's some teachers, myself included, where some of the kids, they don't like the Flipgrid that much. They do not like getting on and recording the videos, but now this is an option. But the other big update is now it's going to be fully integrated with Google Classroom. That's another big update that's coming. Yes, December 21st. That is Monday, December 21st. If you're listening to this the weekend prior, yes, coming up on that Monday. If you're listening after the 21st, 
it's probably old hat, old news to you, but yes, you can now bring in your students from classroom and you're like, well, what is, what is the big deal with that? Well, because when the students come in and they want to record, they have to click and then log in with their Google account and then, then go, if you push it out, if you bring in the Google Classroom roster and then push it out through Google Classroom, they're already signed in. So there's no need for that extra step. So I do love that fact. And you know, another thing that I love about the uh, mic only is that it allows for future podcasters to be discovered, right? And you can still bring in video artifacts. So I, I talked with the team and the, it, it, it doesn't download as a audio file. It still downloads as a video file. Um, but you can bring in uh, images and pictures and, and that allows for a lot of creativity to happen while the recording is happening. So I, I like that premeditation of what am I going to bring in when I talk about this? What, I gonna, what am I going to bring in when I talk about that? So I do love the fact that you can still add things in that mic only option. Yeah, for sure. So, so as we're wrapping things up, uh, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you, Joe, for this past year. So I feel like this year dragged by really slowly, but at the same time it flew by. Like I think of things that seemed like they were yesterday and they were nine months ago, but then there's things that were nine months ago that feel like it was 20 years ago. Like you and I were talking about this one day when you came to Carson city and we presented to my staff and how amazing that was. It was a, it was a professional development session in person in 2020 Yet it felt like years ago because it just, because of this way this year has been so crazy. And 2021, you were talking about hopefully we'll be able to get back with friends and whatever. In September, on September 22nd, I'm putting it out there, that'll be my 40th birthday. And I'm never one to make a big deal of my birthday. I don't ever really do anything too wild and crazy for my birthday. But this year, I'm hoping that things are relatively back to normal because for a milestone like number 40, I'm going to have an absolute bash with as many people as I absolutely can because we have been separated for far too long because of this year. And that's my plan as of right now. So more details to come. If you want to flock to Las Vegas to celebrate my 40th, by all means, let's do it. Done. I'm going to book my tickets. I'm going to be there um, and we're, we're going to make it happen. You know, uh, uh, the, the, the 40 ounces to freedom theme is going to be playing throughout that entire, that entire party. And, and you know what, Kyle, uh, you know, I love the fact that we're looking forward uh, and we're, we're reminiscing about the good of, 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 of 2020, because, you know, it does seem just like yesterday that I was driving with my good buddy, my mentor, John Carippo up, up to Carson city and uh, being able to, to hang out with you and, um, watch the 49ers lose, uh, unfortunately. And, you know, they, the 2020 can only be the year that the 49ers can make it to the Super Bowl one, one end of it and then couldn't make it to the toilet bowl at the other end of it, right? So, you know, this is, is truly an, a lopsided year. But uh, we cannot forget the fact that there have been many goods that have come out of it, even though there's been many hardships for a lot of our fellow Americans and fellow teachers and fellow families across this great nation. Uh, we just need to make sure that people know that we are with them. We are doing our best to abide by the health guidelines to make sure we limit the spread of, of this um, very crazy 
crazy virus that affects some people so harshly and other people's not at all. And it's very strange, but we are here with you for good, for bad. You know, when, when you're talking, I, I, I think of the Beatles song yesterday, right? All of our troubles seem so far away. I think of the facts of life theme song. We take the good, we take the bad, but there we have the facts of life. And then of course the counting crows long December, because even though it may seem like a long December, maybe next year will be better than the last. But when we talk about better, we cannot forget about all the great things that happened here in 2020. Um, so we just want to say that we're with you, every, every one of you educators. We love you and uh, we're here for you. Um, don't forget, you know, we, 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 you know, we have our, our Twitter at, uh, at Sons of Tech EDU. Um, you know, we'd love to hear what, what would you like, like, like future episodes to be. So, you know, post that in our Twitter channel. We have a great YouTube channel that um, we, we, we post on that we, we love, we would love for you to be a part of. And, um, you know, we just have a great community of educators, whether it's CB Tech Talk um, or, you know, GEG Nevada or Q Inc. We are Q. We have just a fantastic group of educators that our number one goal is to make sure that you feel that you belong, that you feel you are a part of a community and that you feel that you are loved. And we love you. We love you with all of our hearts and we love you with all of our soul. And we love you for sticking with your profession through the trials and tribulations that 2020 has brought. And we love each and every one of you who have stepped outside your comfort zone to become better at not just teaching kids, but reaching kids. So thank you so much. And this may be the last episode of 2020, but it is far from the last episode from our hearts. So thank you so much and have yourself a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. Have a great week and a great rest of your long